Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church in Chicago. My name is Pastor Joel Hess, and it's my privilege to talk about Jesus and the hope and the peace we have in Him. Uh, please enjoy the following message. And if you like, uh, support the mission of God here in this area by going to our webpage, stjames-lutheran.org. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Please be seated. Grab a seat. When your parents tell you that someone's coming over for dinner, another family, or maybe somebody important, what does that mean to you? Do you have to do anything? Yes. What? Get ready. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, it means you have to clean like your room, clean the toilet room, clean every single spot in the house. I like clean your room, clean the toy room, clean every single spot in your house. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I remember. Like it's supposed to be good news. Oh, so and so's coming over. But in my brain, oh, I got to do a lot of work, don't I? Yeah. Do you guys do that kind of clean up your house? Yeah. What do you do with all your stuff, by the way, in your room? Put it away. Put it away? Do you, or do you sort of like hide it? Under the bed, throw some clothes under the bed. That's right. You either put it away, clean it, or you hide it. That's right. For mom, yeah. Well, John, the first service actually I talked about when I was in college and I got a phone call Hey, we're in town, we're going to come visit you. That's pretty scary for a college kid. Oh, I got to clean some things up, right? <laughs> some people up. Anyhow. So that's, it just keeps on going. So here's John the Baptist, and he's saying, who's coming over? Who's coming? Who's John, what's John saying? Who's coming? Who is it? Jesus. God. He doesn't really know exactly what it's going to look like, but he is thinking, he was told to say, God is coming to our house. Is that kind of scary if you think about it? Like, should you clean up your house if God was coming to your house? I would think so, right? I don't care what you do, you clean it up and maybe you got to hide some things, right? God's coming. So John is saying, God's coming, and he's telling all the people of Israel, God's coming, right? The kingdom of God, the reign of God is at hand. That's what that means. And for the people of Jesus' day, the Jews living in Israel, in what they thought was what the prophets said in the Old Testament, they said, a day is coming when God will come and he'll make right things, he'll bring justice, he'll get rid of evil, and he'll rescue So God's coming, and they're thinking, I better hide all my evil, right? Clean my life up, right? Jesus is coming. God's coming. So people were coming to John, and they were coming from all over the place to John the Baptist. And you know, what was he doing there? Do you know what he was doing? Actually, he really wasn't called John the Baptist. He was just called John, but he's called John the Baptizer because he was doing what? He was baptizing them into repentance, sort of symbolically, like, here, you're going to go into the water, you're going to get clean, but it really represents how the people were saying, we want to be better people. We need to stop doing these bad things, because God is coming, right? 
and he'll punish us if he sees us doing these bad things. So here he is doing this, baptizing people. Uh, And what's funny about baptism is for them back then, when you baptize someone, usually that meant in the Jewish community, in the synagogue community, that means you're a Gentile. You're not actually a child of Abraham, and that's how you're brought into that community through baptism. And so John is basically saying, I don't care who you are, what your class is, or who you're born to, if you're a child of Abraham or not, you're not ready. God's coming. Clean up your act. And so they came. And then notice later on, if you guys want to, chapter 3, everyone's coming to John. Some other people were coming to John. The Pharisees and Sadducees. These are the leaders of the religious system, political leaders, uh, every aspect leaders, as well as religious leaders. And they hear about this John the Baptist. He's popular. You actually find evidence uh, of writers that are, they don't really care about what's going on in Israel. They're just historians of those days. They actually make note, take note of John. He was that popular. Everybody knew about this John. And so the Pharisees and Sadducees are curious. Who is this guy? What kind of authority does he have to tell people that God is coming? And so they went out to check him out. And maybe they thought, you know what? That sounds about right. Maybe we should get, uh, maybe we should do baptism. So these guys come and notice what he says. The Pharisees and Sadducees come and he says to them, verse 7, what does he call them? You brood of vipers. What's a viper? A snake. Would you like to be called a snake? No. No. And guess what he's thinking probably when he says brood of vipers, you children of snakes. He's thinking of the snake in the Garden of Eden. Remember that? So these guys think we are righteous. We're children of Abraham. And John the Baptist said, what are you guys doing here? Who warned you to come, you snakes? I mean, what an insult. And he says, bear fruits keeping with repentance. You know what I mean? What are you guys even doing here? What's the point here? The point is, these guys thought they deserved God to come. They didn't think they did anything wrong. They thought the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they're in the system, right? They're doing all the right things, let alone they're children of Abraham. And so, therefore, they don't really need to clean up their house. Their house is great. Their room is wonderful. They don't stink at all. Those people do. They're bad, but not me. That's why John calls them out. What are you guys doing here, you snakes? And then he says this. This is why he says, don't you even try to say, oh, we have Abraham as our father. So what? I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. And then he says, even now... Uh, The axe is laid to the root of the tree. Every tree that doesn't bear fruit uh, will be cut down and thrown into the fire. And he says this, I'm baptizing you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not even worthy to carry. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. John is really trying to scare them. God is coming. And the worst thing you can do is think you're okay. That you are righteous. That you don't do anything bad. Do you guys do bad things ever? We do, don't we? It almost seems when you listen to Jesus, you know, reading scripture, the worst thing that you can be is someone who says, I'm fine. 
I'm righteous. I don't do anything wrong. I mean, I do some things wrong, but I'm not like those people. And that's how the Pharisees and Sadducees were. Oh, they probably thought, oh, good, John, you bet. You preach to those guys. They do need to repent. But they didn't think they needed to repent. They thought they were just fine. They relied on being children of Abraham for their righteousness. And Jesus yells at them. I think this might be our central problem. Especially in our current American culture. We're sort of taught, increasingly taught, that we don't do anything wrong. There's nothing, it's gotten to the point where I don't know what anybody could possibly do wrong. Because everything is right to do. It's all fine. It's just how you are. It's just what you do. Right? I mean, we, and we, and we hate it. We hate being told we're wrong. You don't want to go, you don't want someone to tell you you're going the wrong way. I hate it when someone tells me I'm wrong and going the wrong way. Right? We hate that. And we, we, I think we're raising people up more and more, right? To just, no one should ever tell you you're ever wrong. Everything you do is just fine. And even, especially, I think, Christians can be like this. We can be like this. We can think that those people, they're wrong. They're bad. They're going the wrong way. But I'm okay. I'm not that bad. Right? And I think that we like to be prideful like those Pharisees because ultimately, first of all, that's who we are. In the end, the history of humanity is who's God? Either you or God. And if God's God, whatever he says is what is true. (laughs) Doesn't matter if you don't like it or not. But we always want to be our own God, right? In the end, we kind of want to be the person in charge, making the rules. And we want God to play by our rules. But I really think the biggest reason why we don't like to admit that we make mistakes, that we fail. In fact, we like to hide our toys in the closet, put them away. is because it's scary to actually admit that you're wrong. That's why you don't like to admit you're wrong. That's why I don't. It's frightening to actually have to say, I'm wrong. I, 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 it's scary to own things. I messed this up. I can't blame anybody. This is mine. It's frightening because we live in a world where if you show your failures and you show your weakness or you show what's wrong, you're going to get in trouble. So hide those toys, right? I know they're there. They're not really taken care of, but at least my mom can't see it. So I won't get in trouble, right? And you go to work, it's the same thing. I can't let anybody see my weaknesses or failures because I'll be docked for that. I won't get that promotion. I can't let my spouse see that I got these problems because she's not going to love me. We do this, we hide, and we're scared to be honest with ourselves, let alone God, to to confess our sins and say we are messed up. Because we don't want to admit our weaknesses because... It makes us vulnerable and makes us look foolish. And so God tells everybody, or or John says, God's coming. You better clean up. And people have two choices. You either go down to John the Baptist and they're coming into the waters naked. I'm a total sinner. Or you got the Pharisees who are sort of hiding their toys in the closet. (laughs) I'm fine. When it comes to God coming... The ultimate way to be ready 
<laughs> the ultimate way to accept Jesus coming is to say, I got nothing. I'm nobody. <laughs> That's what it means to be ready for Jesus. It doesn't mean doing things or making your life right or perfecting everything or being a good person. But the ultimate way you receive Christ and receive his coming is by saying, I am nobody and I've got nothing to help myself when it comes to righteousness. I need your total righteousness. I got a dirty house. I'm going to admit to you that right up front, Jesus. It's a mess. I'm not even going to pretend to clean it up. That's what being a Christian means, ultimately, is saying, I got nothing to be proud about. Because John got everybody worked up about this Jesus coming, right? It sounds like he's going to come. He's got a winnowing fork in his hand is what John says. He's going to clean up the barn. He's going to throw the chaff into the fire. Does this sound scary? And then Jesus came. Are you scared of Jesus? Why not? Kind of. <laughs> where, where? Ultimately, why aren't we really scared of Jesus? What do we know about Jesus that makes us not so afraid of him? We know he loves us, but we know this. He saved us from our sins. He's our savior. Well, what did he do? Did he come and say, did he come and start punishing everybody? No. He actually, he should have, but he didn't. Yeah, what are you going to say? He forgives us. How do we know he forgives? Yeah. He died on the cross. What a surprise to John even. John, in fact, next Sunday we're going to talk about this. John was surprised when Jesus comes on the scene and he's going to be baptized by John. I mean, John the Baptist literally doubted that Jesus was the Christ because he was so kind and patient and compassionate. Let alone he died for you and for me. And three days later, he rose from the dead. So that we can be honest. We don't have to hide our sins in the closet because we're scared that God's going to find out. He knows. Yeah. When what? You're a good, good, good she, she said, when you do kind of hide your toys, you still feel kind of guilty. So there you go. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Regis, you got a wonderful daughter right here. Awesome. <laughs> right. See? And, and I think people live their whole lives of hiding their toys in the closet because I can't let God know I'm a sinner or other people or whatever. And you still feel guilty even though you're doing it. On the, su on the surface, you look righteous. You look great on Facebook or Instagram on your posts. Oh, you're awesome. A wonderful thing about Christianity is you don't have to lie to yourself anymore. You don't have to lie to yourself. You don't need to lie to God. You need to lie to each other. You can admit, I need a Savior. Because we're talking to God on a cross in a manger Hanging out. Jesus literally only hung out with people that were messed up. He only went to dirty, messed up houses. He only ate meals with people who had a terrible past. It doesn't mean he accepted it and it's okay. He forgives. He loves. He has compassion for us in our messed up lives. So when it comes to Christmas time and do we deserve Jesus coming? 
Nope. Is he coming anyways? Yeah. You get to clean up your house? Do your best. (laughs) But in the end, he loves messed up houses and messed up people because he died and rose only for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Please rise. Let us pray. Rejoice in heaven.